Yesterday, a group of major drug makers came together to make an announcement. Nine drug companies that are working on coronavirus vaccines issued a joint statement that essentially says that they won't file for a regulatory approval or authorization until their vaccines have proven safe and effective. Jared Hopkins covers the pharmaceutical industry. The drug makers, which include Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna, were pledging not to ask for FDA approval until they knew their vaccines worked and were safe. And they were making this pledge together. How unusual is this? It's very unusual. These are rival drug makers that usually are making products or medications that compete against each other. And the vaccines themselves are essentially competing against each other. Now these competitors were joining forces to address a threat facing them all. A growing number of Americans are nervous about taking a coronavirus vaccine. On the Today Show, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla pointed to that nervousness as a reason for making this pledge now. With uh, increasing public concerns about the processes that we are using to develop uh, these uh, vaccines, and even more importantly, the processes that will be used to evaluate these vaccines, we saw it as uh, critical to come out and reiterate our commitment that uh, we will develop our products, our vaccines, using the highest ethical standards and uh, the most scientific uh, rigor processes. It was an unusually public move to address a big threat, that people won't take the vaccines needed to end this pandemic. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, September 9th. Coming up on the show, the forces that drove the world's biggest drug makers into a surprise alliance. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. summer, some drug makers hit an important milestone. Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca all started phase three trials for their coronavirus vaccines. Phase three is usually the last stage of drug development. It's the stage where scientists find out if the drug works. And Jared says, the fact that we're already here... This is unprecedented, really, in vaccine development, what we're seeing. Most vaccines take maybe a decade or more to develop from laboratory to approval to reaching patients. And in fact, most vaccines don't work. Like most drugs, most medications fail in the laboratory. And what has made this process so much faster? One of the biggest reasons is funding that has come from the government. So the companies have received billions of dollars 
from the U.S. and from other governments around the world. The U.S. is investing something like $10 billion and has partnered with companies for either R&D or for manufacturing. And that really has expedited things. Another move that expedited things was that the FDA changed its process. What's going on now is the FDA has allowed for a lot of multiple processes in vaccine development to basically happen all at once. We have animal studies happening at the same time as human studies and at the same time as companies manufacturing vaccines. The government called its effort to turbocharge vaccine development Operation Warp Speed. But for some Americans, that speed hasn't been reassuring. It's been unsettling. There are polls and surveys that have shown high numbers of Americans are either skeptical or hesitant about taking a COVID-19 vaccine. We're talking about one in three Americans. Is this because they are anti-vaxxers? No, it's a broad term called vaccine hesitancy. That doesn't mean that you are necessarily part of anti-vaccination or opposed to vaccination, absolutely. It just means that you're not really sure or you maybe want to learn more. What are these vaccine-hesitant people afraid of? Safety is a main concern, whether or not the vaccines are being rushed and that steps are being skipped or corners are being cut. There is also wide distrust among some minority groups and other Americans of government institutions, of pharmaceutical companies, and are concerned about a vaccine that is moving so quickly through the process that then they are going to be asked to take. If one out of three Americans doesn't get a coronavirus vaccine, that matters. One of the reasons vaccines are so powerful is that they don't just protect the person who takes it. They protect society, too. When enough people in a population get a vaccine, the virus can't gain a foothold. There just aren't enough hosts for it to infect. But it's not just the vaccine-hesitant folks who have concerns about this vaccine process. The public health community also has reservations. The... FDA has done a few things in the last few months that's raised concerns among experts. Uh, One is it was criticized for its emergency use authorization of an anti-malarial drug called hydroxychloroquine that was heavily touted by President Trump. Hydroxychloroquine, which I think, as you know, it's a great malaria drug. It's worked unbelievably. It's a powerful drug on malaria, uh, and there are signs that it works on this, some very strong signs. That emergency use authorization was later rescinded over concerns of safety and efficacy. Secondly, it authorized convalescent plasma to treat COVID-19 patients. Convalescent plasma is derived from the blood of COVID-19 survivors, and it contains antibodies that may help some patients fight the virus. In mid-August, the FDA announced it was authorizing emergency use of this plasma. At a press conference, President Trump talked up the treatment, pointing to a Mayo Clinic study. Through this study, over 100,000 Americans have already enrolled to receive this treatment, and it has proven to reduce mortality by 35 percent. It's a tremendous number. 
Later in that press conference, FDA Commissioner Steve Hahn also touted that number. What that means is, and if the data continue to pan out, 100 people who are sick with COVID-19, 35 would have been saved because of the administration of uh, plasma. But some public health officials pointed out that impressive number wasn't quite right. Hahn had misrepresented the statistic, making it sound better than it was. Also, the study didn't meet the gold standard for scientific evidence. It wasn't a controlled trial. That announcement faced accusations of politicization and criticism for not being based on a placebo-controlled study. In other words, that it wasn't necessarily done for scientific purposes. How has the FDA responded to this criticism? The FDA, Commissioner Steve Hahn, said that decisions are based on science. However, in light of the convalescent plasma decision, he did go and publicly say that there was some scientific data that could have been presented more clearly in the announcement. And then another government agency, the CDC, did something to intensify public health experts' concerns even more. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is a federal agency involved in vaccine distribution efforts, sent a letter at the end of August to states, essentially asking states to speed up approval for vaccine distribution sites by November 1. States are going to play a crucial role in the vaccine rollout. Getting a vaccine to hundreds of millions of Americans is a massive logistical effort. And the CDC was telling states they needed to get ready. And why did this letter raise eyebrows? It raised eyebrows because the deadline that the CDC was giving states to sort of get ready and prepare is November 1, which is a couple of days before the presidential election. And that has raised concerns among folks, among experts and medical experts, of whether or not a vaccine is being rushed for political purposes. But, like, we all want a vaccine for coronavirus so we can get back to normal life, if we remember what that is. I mean, shouldn't we feel psyched that it's possible we could get it by November 1? Some public health officials and some experts have said that maybe this is just good planning, you know, that you got to plan for a distribution of a vaccine, right? But the CDC letter added some fuel to the fire that was already strong amongst many public health experts about whether or not vaccine development and a potential approval was being rushed. Public health experts were concerned. The public was concerned. And the companies that are developing the vaccines decided to take action. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. 
Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This morning, when a lot of people opened their newspapers, they saw a big full-page ad. It was the drugmaker's pledge. In bolded text, the CEOs of the drug companies promised to make patient safety their top priority and to only ask the FDA for regulatory approval if their vaccines work and are safe. It seems like they should never be applying for regulatory approval for something that's not safe and effective. Right, right. Usually... Drug companies that have filed for approval of their drugs, that's a pretty clear indication that you believe your product is safe and effective. So to come out and issue a statement essentially saying that that's going to be the case, it's a very unusual move is probably the least controversial way to, to say it. But when you see kind of where we've gotten to over the last few months, perhaps it makes a little bit more sense. This is not like just any normal drug development situation. Hanging in the background, you've got political pressures. And on the other side of that, you've got concern from the public that's saying, how can we trust you? Will your vaccine be safe and effective? So there's sort of these different points that are facing these companies that are developing the vaccines. Do you think it will help reassure people, both the public and the public health experts? You know, I think that everybody is looking for some reassurance if they're not convinced on vaccines, if they're not convinced on safety or, or efficacy, and that ultimately everybody is sort of trying to understand this as best as they can. How long do the drug companies have to reverse this perception that this vaccine process has been rushed? How much time is there before a vaccine rollout actually starts? So the government has given this indication that they want states to be ready to distribute and administer a vaccine by November 1. This initial wave of vaccines, if there are approvals, are expected to be smaller. We're talking about 10, 20, 30 million doses and is expected to be limited to high priority individuals such as healthcare workers. When would you or me be able to get a vaccine? Even if a vaccine is sort of green lighted by a regulatory agency. Vaccines for me and you and for average folks aren't expected to be available until 2021. That timeline assumes everything goes right. But things don't always go right. Phase three trials are the biggest trials in drug development. They test the vaccine on a much bigger and more diverse group of participants. And safety issues can crop up. 
Just yesterday, the same day drug makers issued their pledge, AstraZeneca put a pause on its vaccine trial. A participant in the company's UK trial got sick, but it was unclear whether that illness was related to the vaccine. The company is now conducting a safety review. So basically, since the pandemic has shut down life as we knew it, everybody has been holding out for a vaccine, that things will go back to normal when there's a vaccine. What will life actually be like when we have one? Will a vaccine get our lives back to normal? We may have our first vaccine authorized or approved in the coming months, but we're going to be very far away still from life getting back to normal. Part of that is due to the supply availability of vaccines, but it's also due to how vaccines work differently in different people. One of the reasons why there's so much vaccine testing going on is to sort of get at that idea which vaccines work in which types of people. And that can include men versus women. There's pregnant women. There's children. Vaccines are less effective sometimes in the elderly. And the elderly is a high-risk population in COVID-19. That sort of variable is a big deal when you talk about vaccination. We may be in a scenario where different vaccines work differently. We don't really know yet. Life is not going to get back to normal with a vaccine. It's not going to be flip a switch. That's all for today, Wednesday, September 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting for this episode by Peter Loftus. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.